Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. Welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show presented by the Striker Texas. Uh, this episode will serve as some group therapy as we try to figure out what it all means after a last second loss to Minnesota United and the worst start to a season in the Lucci Gonzalez era. Uh, five games in, one, two, and two. I'm Dustin Nation, and on the next couch over is Jonathan Ross. Greetings, friend. Hey, Dustin. Uh, man, I, I woke up this morning and found out that FC Dallas was no longer last in the standings they uh, jumped ahead of lafc so uh um, you can go uh, talk trash all your LAF, lafc fan friends uh you know it, it, at least we got that going for us i think the only one i know is on a, a quote-unquote rival podcast <laughs> <laughs> yes walter walter the the the, the podcast slut yes <laughs> As we refer to him in the business, yes, for sure. In the business. In the business. <laughs> well, speaking of business, uh, most businesses are in the business of making money, and uh, FC Dallas players are uh, no different. Um, this week, the salary for the players got dumped by the MLS Players Association. They call it the salary dump. Uh, there's lots of good resources out there to, to go um, and take a look at it and what FC Dallas looks like compared to the other ones. Steve Finn has an excellent uh, visual graphic that you can use to kind of visualize the the FC Dallas players compared to the other team's players. Uh, but we, it, it got dumped last week after we'd recorded. And so um, let's take a minute and kind of, and kind of go down through the FC Dallas player salaries, Jonathan. Uh, so, I mean, I, I looked at the, the dump and nothing really jumped out at me. It looks uh, pretty normal. It's a good, a healthy dump. Uh, very, very, very healthy dump. I mean, there's uh maybe maybe Franco Hara made a little bit more money than uh, I think a few people uh, expected. I apologize for uh, my sarcasm, pod listeners, <laughs> but uh, uh, I think I mean that's obviously the big, been the big story was the the uh, the surprise over the amount of cash uh, Franco Hara is pulling in. Uh, you know, guaranteed compensation, uh, pretty dang close to three million dollars. Yeah, we all thought it was closer to a million. Or just yeah, over a million. Oh, for sure. If you if you if you had asked me to guess, because I think that we had heard from Dan at, at Dan Hunt at some point um, that he was one of the highest paid players, and I think we had heard it a couple of times that maybe over a million. Uh, it was it was definitely over a million. Just 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 a little bit. Um, I mean, it, it's it's FC Dallas, you know, actually spending some money, but not doing it in a very good way. So. Uh, I think that you know this is only just going to increase the amount of fans and others uh, screaming that you know why is this guy getting playing time? Uh, I guess there's now three million dollar three million reasons why uh, you know they're going to continue to 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 trot him out. Uh, and I don't think that you know if you're a fan of this club, I don't think that Franco's going anywhere anytime soon because they're not going to. That's a lot of salary to try to to displace to a different club without a lot of performance. Yeah. No, no. I, I think uh, you know the difference between him and Pepe is two point 
eight million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pepe, Pepe, one of the lowest play, paid players uh, on the on the team. I, the there weren't a, there weren't a ton of surprises overall. Uh, you can see that the you know the center backs just across the board are getting put, paid quite well for for FC Dallas. I think uh, Martinez is uh, his guaranteed compensation is oh, we see about seven hundred k. Uh, hedges, I think was, uh, 850. Uh, and then I think the one, the one that we were a little bit surprised on, at least I was, uh, we knew that Brisson had signed a new contract over the off season, uh, coming in and, uh, his overall pay, I think was still pretty close. I'm actually looking for, I think it was closer to like five or 600 K still. Um, so it wasn't a yeah. huge, wasn't a He's huge at 582. Change. 582. There we go. Which is, uh, if memory serves me, was is about what he was at the prior year before, or at least the last year that they reported um, before he signed the extension. So my my expectation is there maybe was some additional acceleration in the out years of that contract that that went away, um, in a, in 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 exchange for uh, a longer longer duration contract and a continued contract with uh, with FC Dallas. Any anything. Jump out to you, Dustin. Uh, other than the obvious, Hara. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, just to put a little pin on that, uh, Hara is the tenth uh, highest earner in MLS right now. Um, so, top ten, top ten, yeah, woohoo! Um, and, <laughs> and 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 how many uh, how many of us on the pod actually even chose him to be the leading scorer for the team this year. I don't think it was anybody. No. Um, may, maybe if he was getting the penalty kicks, you'd see that. <laughs> well, if, if FC Dallas could get a penalty kick instead of receiving them, but we'll talk about some of that later. Um, I think for me, the the thing that the jumps out is uh, Jimmy Maurer uh, making less than Philippe uh, Megliolo. Uh, so, I, I mean, it seems like he, Jimmy is still on his backup contract. He's making 160k as opposed to Felipe's 176. I mean, they're pretty close, and probably, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't matter a whole lot. But um, you know, it's it's Maurer was one of the best goalkeepers in the MLS. In, I said the MLS in MLS uh, last season, and there were goalkeepers making lots more than him. I, I expect that his next, if he keeps up with the performance, his next contract will be a, a little bit higher. Yeah, I, I would, I would hope so. And, uh, and I agree. It does look like it's on backup money. Uh, what, what we didn't see this time, which we, we have the you know, last couple of years is just a severely underpaid player. Uh, so I think it was, I think it was two seasons ago before, before Barrios got his updated contract he was on, I can't remember what it was, like 180, 200K or something like that. Um, and one of the leaders for for the club. Uh, the, they've they've done a much better job at kind of the, I'm going to call them the, the more senior homegrowns. Uh, so so Jesus and, and Paxton uh, really, you know, getting them into a, a senior level uh, contract and giving them better compensation. So it's it's helped even things out uh, other than the, you know, the big eyesore of Hara, I think the the team itself has a is a pretty good build. Um, but I just saw one that I didn't see before this. Uh, Emma Tomasi is making two hundred and fifty k, and he hasn't seen hardly any minutes. So maybe that one's a, a head scratcher. Uh, he uh, was Generation Adidas, wasn't he? Yeah, does so he get like extra money? Yeah, I think they come in with extra money already if you compare them to. 
to maybe a, another homegrown signing or something like that. So I think that's part of the reason. And I think he's probably also in the last year of his contract. Um, so, mm. so I think it's the last year of his generation Adidas contract. So it's a, it's a little bit higher. Uh, he's, I mean, honestly, he's got a, some pretty good upside if he can, if he could get on the field, uh, if he could get healthy. Uh, I, I do. I, mean, I think that there's playing time for him this season. Yeah, maybe we'll have to see what the, the right back situation shakes out to be or right wing back as the case may be. Um, but no, it's, it's interesting. Um, what other, what other profession or, or um, even sport, do you get to just like look at the salaries of the players on the team? It's just, it's just an interesting look into the dynamics of the, of the club, of the, of the players' lives themselves. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's not as unique in sports, right? Cause you'll see it in, especially salary cap leagues, right? You know what people are paying up against the salary cap. Uh, That's true. But yes, it's, it's, it's definitely unique from a profession perspective, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's luckily no, uh, no salary dump at my work where people can go and compare and, and, uh, and, and text each other about why in the heck is this guy getting paid so much? <laughs> All right. Well, um, but I would exchange that if somebody wants to give me $2.9 million for a year, you guys can talk as much trash as you want. Hey, you know, you probably, you probably might score more goals than Hara has right now or the same, uh, the same. Yes. I would have. I would. I would have got injured five minutes in. What, who am I kidding? <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, uh, we'll t- we'll s- let's pivot from that interesting topic uh, to one that's maybe a little less interesting and a little more depressing. Uh, let's talk about that game against Minnesota on Saturday. So FC Dallas traveled up to to Minnesota, the the land of lakes, to take on the Loons uh, on Saturday evening and. I think the, uh, the the most interesting thing about the whole night was for me it was the, a little bit of the tactical formation change from F, from Luchi Gonzalez to start the night. Came out with three center backs, which he did in the last away match, just kind of to shore up that defense. But instead of having three uh, two defense or two midfielders in, in front of them, uh, Luchi opted for three midfielders. Maybe try to get some more connectivity. So they came out in a, a three five two rather than a three four three. And, um, you know, the first half, not, not a whole lot of goings on, uh, energetic, but not a whole lot of danger. And really, I don't think there were a whole lot of highlights even to that first half. And then the second half, typically, uh, what seems to be a, a theme for FC Dallas is that the second half started slow and Minnesota got a lot of momentum and FC Dallas never really recovered from there. Never, ever seemed dangerous in that second half. Absorbed a lot of pressure. Hoped to get it come out with a um, a point. Lucci uh, kind of injected some energy with some substitutions. A lot of young subs. Uh, Shun, Ashun, Pepe, Pomacol, and Sealy all came in the match uh, at various points, right around the sixty to seventieth minute. But even at that point, it felt like those substitutions maybe upset a little bit of a balance. FC Dallas continued to absorb pressure. And then in the 94th minute, uh, Robin Lude scored a goal off of a corner kick, a little bouncy ball inside of right next to the, in front of the goal, uh, took a ricochet right onto Lude's foot and into the back of the net and FC Dallas come home empty handed. Uh, Jonathan, let's, let's, uh, let's go back to that three, four, uh, one, two, or the three, five, two, or whatever we want to call that. Um, and, and let's just start there and, and 
why why do you think Lucci started with that formation? Well, we had that we had the opportunity to to go to practice this week, and so we saw uh, Lucci playing around with different formations and personnel in the midfield, and we and it, and it looked like it could potentially be a, a three man midfield. Uh, we, we saw uh, you know in in practice both Tessman and uh, um, Cirillo play kind of in that in that sixth spot as the third midfielder. So we we weren't. I wasn't as surprised to see that change. I think tactically it made a lot of sense because it filled the gaps that we saw uh, in prior matches when uh, when Lucci played the three four three because there's there's kind of two issues with the three four three as it's been played. Uh, one is just the the overrunning in the midfield. So if you're playing against a, another team that's got a, a, a three man midfield, uh, you're always going to be short one man or you're going to be pushing up your center back right, which in some ways defeats the defensive soundness of having that third center back in the back. So, so that piece I think is, is one thing that gets fixed. The other, the other thing I think that's maybe even a little bit bigger is um, it allows a lot more of a balanced attack. So when, uh, when FC Dallas was only playing kind of two men in the midfield, everything was forced to the outside and the wingers and the wing backs were all playing on the outside. So there's nobody in zone 14 getting set up for shots. Um, and the, you know, everything was building up, uh, building up on the outside, which is pretty, makes it pretty easy to defend against this, this formation helped fix it. And I would say, I mean, I, I know Lucci and I think you're going to probably play a clip. I think Lucci talks about this being one of the, the their best first halves. I, I, I think that, from a build perspective and how the team was playing until that ball got up to the top two. And uh, I think things looked good. Like I, I did like what we were seeing from the formation. And I, I think that I liked the, you know, what Lucci was doing tactically in the first half. Uh, they just, you know, they couldn't stay on side. Uh, I mean, they, yeah, a lot of offsides, a, a, a lot of offside to the point where it was, where it was almost comical, I think we saw uh, more close-ups of the assistant referee and his than we did the uh, pretty much of of any scoring opportunity for FC Dallas in the first half. Uh, did you did you have any takeaways from it, Dustin? Yeah, I think you know I think you you hit all the right points there. The the connectivity between the the you know coming out of the back and heading up the the field, um, you can't do that as well if you are getting overrun in the midfield. I think having two up top suited Hara a lot better um in the way he likes to play now did anything come of it not really and you know Hara we all we all know we all have uh, issues with him um but when he he for better or worse he really kind of likes that hold up play come back and then distribute and then I guess meander into the box uh and with O'Brien, Obreon, sorry, uh, with Obreon, uh, you know, running, there was more of that, and and it seemed to suit Hara a little better. But again, we didn't see a whole lot of of that. Possess- we didn't see a whole lot of him with the ball in the box, and that's kind of what you want to see. <laughs> um, and so, um, let, let's play the clip from Lu- uh, Lucci real quick, and I have some more thoughts on on the first half. Um, yeah, we lost in the last minute. I thought the extra time was excessive, but you know, I, I give the full credit to Minnesota. They pushed the game there, especially in the second half. Um, 
we suffered second half and we tried to to get through it and we almost did with a point but uh it didn't happen so obviously disappointed with that i'm sorry to to our club i'm sorry to our fans um yeah personally hurts because we were close to get something positive out of the game uh, i'll take the the first half positives i thought the first half was one of the best halves we played in the season home or away um in terms of the game in terms of what we train uh, end product not there too many offsides not getting shots off you know we need to have a better efficiency um in the last third and uh yeah, it's my responsibility as a head coach to 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 grow that, to develop that, and improve it, and, and make it count on game day. So, yeah, a couple of things there. You know, we already hit on um, with the you know not getting the offsides and then not getting the ball in the box um, and not making the most of the opportunities. I think the the interesting thing there is he claimed that that was the best first half of the season. Maybe uh, are you? Do you, do you find that to be interesting? Uh, it's very interesting. I think it would. So I understand from a play wise and kind of what he was wanting to see maybe. Um, but I mean, from my perspective, it was probably the the third best first half. I and mean, it's kind of it's kind of hard when you uh, when you beat a, a, a team, uh, what, four to one and get three goals in the first half that that's not your best first half. Um, against <laughs> against Portland, I mean, I, I if I'll, I'll take that one again. Yes, thanks, Lucci. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so maybe it's maybe from an execution perspective, maybe he saw something, but yeah, no, it's it, it, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was it wasn't. I don't think it was as bad as as some people are are saying that that first half was. Um, there was there's some people out there saying that you know that the, the whole ninety was the worst they've ever seen. I'm not going to go that far. I think there were a lot of positives to, um, in that match, mainly in the midfield. But again, like so, you saw a lot of small ball, a lot of rondos. I think somebody somebody asked the question in the press conference about that. Uh, Might have even been Nico. I think it was Nico. Um, a lot of small ball that that occupied defenders and opened up large crosses got folks on the other side open and you saw a lot of those sweeping crosses across the field, but then, you know, through whatever, for whatever reason and errors, uh, good defending the ball never actually made it into the final third, a whole lot. Um, so from that perspective, you know, if that's, if that's Lucci ball of that small ball, you know, kind of keeping, keeping the uh, quick, quick passes, keeping defenders on their toes and then finding ways up the field. I mean, I guess, I guess that's, that's what they're looking for there. Um, but yeah, you got to score goals to, to call it a good half. I think <laughs> I would agree. I, th- I think that in, at the end of the day, that's isn't that how you, you measure who wins or loses is whoever gets more goals. That's all right. John Madden. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, so I gave credit to Lucci for the tactics going in because it, I I liked the the tactical plan the new formation. Um, they didn't execute very well. I mean, he had the week to work on it. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't see some of this or work through some of it in the, especially the offside piece in practice. Uh, but uh, 
the second half was, I think, a Lucci disaster. So I, I, I don't understand the substitution pattern. I have no idea what it was that Lucci was trying to accomplish with um, sp- the, the, the first two subs. Um, yeah, well, even before then, right? I don't even think the subs are the start of the, the, the issues that this team has in the second half. Like how many, how many games this season has FC Dallas come out of the break and just been overwhelmed with pressure and had to be on the back foot for 10, 15 minutes of that first of that second half. A lot. I don't have the exact number, but more than I'm comfortable with and more than you would want to see from your team. Right. Yeah. And we've, we have seen that now in every match. I think (laughs) I can't think of, think of one where they didn't come out poorly after the, the second half. They did have a couple of like half chances. I don't know if you went to the XG. Maybe they got like a point one XG or something uh, in the first <laughs> the first ten minutes. I think that the uh, the hot air uh, header right that he missed kind of the wide mm-hmm. open net. I think it was was yes. early was early on in that second half. And I think there was one other one that was that was fairly early. Um, and then for you know whatever whatever reason, uh, Ricarte who was probably the most creative yes he had a yellow card um but was probably the most creative person on the field gets taken off in exchange for paxton which i guess is a like for like but i mean as like for like as you can right but i didn't get that i was i was i was seeing tanner having a pretty poor game um and felt like that should have been should have been the substitution uh and then of course the, the biggest one was was before that which is uh, putting on on Shun, who, uh, yes, we saw him a bit in the in the prior match. Uh, we know he didn't get you know connected to a lot in, from his teammates in the, in in the prior match, and, and I kind of called that out in the pod. Uh, but it's a little bit different to get isolated as a as a left wing, right, versus trying to play a wing back. Um, and it was pretty quick to, I mean, it was pretty obvious even to an untrained eye. Uh, that uh, there was a defensive liability immediately on the field, um, and it it took probably twenty minutes for Lucci to adjust and try to cover for that. Yeah, it definitely upset the. So the the Lucciism is a uh, balance, right? Like he wants balance. Uh, this upset the balance like crazy. He was, I he was, pretty much hung out to dry over on the left as far as like being able to de- to defend. He overcommitted. Um, he chose when you when you're one on one against a defender, you want to, or sorry against a person with the ball, you either want to stop them or force them outside. And he overcommitted to the outside, leaving a giant time and time again, leaving giant swaths of space for the for uh, Minnesota attackers to just waltz into the box before the next player could get over to them. That happened at least what twice, maybe, maybe even three times. And so per, per five minutes, (laughs) I I think it was more than two or three times, but yes. Okay. Well, I was trying to be generous and not, not to be hyperbolic, but you know, it just, it was really evident that, that, that that didn't work. And you're right. It took too long to adjust and even when they did adjust, it didn't adjust with substitutions or like too much of too much change. It was more of like micro adjustments. 
that didn't yeah, was, quite make up for the for the big gaping defensive. Yeah, shift, shifting shifting Paxton a little bit more left, so you're you're kind of basically compensating one of your midfielders, right? So you've, yep. you're 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 reducing the advantage that you now that you or not advantage the match that you had in the midfield, right? So by by shifting that player off, um, because you know at this point defensively you're you're almost playing with with ten men instead of eleven, right? Trying to cover that gap, um, and then there's no that. Even after seeing that, the the last two substitutes that um, FC Dallas made or Lucci made was were like for likes, right? So uh, it was was you know Hader for Sealy and uh, Hara for for Pepe, right? Uh, neither of which I would have had a problem with, right? If it wasn't for the defensive issues they were having, right? So yeah. um, it was uh, to to me it was it was mismanaged in the second half. Uh, I think. You know, Lucci needs to take responsibility and, and and figure out, you know, how he adjusts and makes makes those uh, in game choices, uh, yeah, better yeah. because I mean the, the the balance was off and it was it was only a matter of time before uh, before the the loons scored against FC Dallas. I think I think anybody watching the the that that match could see that the field was definitely t- tilted um, in the home team's favor. Yeah, and. I, I, for me, I, I want to see him, and I think this has been something that's kind of haunted him since he became head coach, is that that in-game adaptation, that second half, um, like the adjustments. We saw there were a couple matches last year, and I think that where he made some really good halftime adjustments. There was that match where. Um, he he made an adjustment on the right wing, and there was that video that the team put out about it, where um, he was getting adjusting the way that Mikey and and uh, Reynolds played off of each other. But I think that was that's kind of like a a I don't know a, an of the exception rather than the rule. I think that one of his weaknesses is being able to is getting out coached in the match by other coaches who've been around longer. And he's got, he's got to figure that out. He's got to figure it out. Yeah. And there have, there've been other examples where, where these kind of things have happened. And and I do think it's particularly um, if the adjustment has to be made after halftime. Yeah. So if it's, you know, if, if it's you know the 60th minute, right, and you're seeing something, I think that uh, Lucci doesn't have those years of experience as a professional coach um, to to glean from. So, uh, I mean, there's he can build his own experience, but there's also, I mean, maybe this is how they've built their own their own roster of coaches, right? Maybe maybe Lucci needs some more experience around him too. I think there's some of that. Now, I'm not the oldest of FC Dallas fans. Um, and I came in right smack dab in the middle of the Oscar Pereja era. And I seem to be, seem to remember that that was a common critique of Oscar, not necessarily the adjustment part, but the like waiting way too long to make substitutions. Uh, I remember that critique quite often with Oscar and I don't, I'm wondering if like the, the loyalty that these, they've, these guys have to the players that they're putting on the fit on the pitch, uh, plays into that or what's going on there. Um, 
whether it's something that's in the, the system. Um, I don't know, but like I said, we got to figure it's got to get figured out. Yeah. It may, it maybe it's one of those things where, um, and maybe this is even the, in the first half where you've worked on something in practice and you're seeing things get close. So you want to just give it five more minutes, right? This is what we worked <laughs> on all week. If I give come it five, on, yeah, if, just five more minutes, just five, just five more minutes. Maybe the, maybe they'll, they'll get it right. They'll be able to pull off the tactics that was, you know, you, you worked on all week. Um, but then, yeah, you, you end up making late subs. And I don't think the timing this time was, was, was wrong. It was the, it was the, the choices, right? The, the, the shift in personnel just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Maybe if you, you come in the 80th minute and then you put shown shun in to try to maybe tip the scale in the other direction and, and get some offensive going, like maybe, maybe that, but I think the timing of that one for sure was suspect, but yeah. Um, well, uh, all this, these, these questions, these are questions that Lucci's are going to have to answer to. And, um, you know, the, the fans, there's the, the hashtag Lucci outs are, are out in full force and it is, the pressure is mounting on head coach Lucci Gonzalez. And I'm wondering, Jonathan, where you're sitting on this. Like, are you, is your patience growing thin with Lucci? Are you starting, have you retweeted a Lucci out tweet? Uh, I've, I've not retweeted a Lucci out tweet and, and uh, I've, I've got, I've got patience. Um, he's, he's a, he's a young coach. This is the kind of coach that you're going to get from, uh, from the hunts anyways. Right. So they're not going to go out and sign, you know, Adrian Heath or, I mean, they're, they're not going to go and do a, a, a big dollar, uh, coach to come in here. Right. And so I think what you see here is probably what you get. Uh, so I don't think switching out is really going to make it, you know, Tab Ramos or something like that coming in, right. Who is one of the other people that was, um, uh, originally listed or rumored as potentially coming to FC Dallas before Lucci got the role. I, I don't, honestly, I don't think, I don't think Ramos is an upgrade for Lucci either. Right. I think they both had about the same experience level. Okay. And in fact, I think I would, I think I would actually take Lucci, um, myself, uh, just, just based on, uh, the, his playing styles and the way he's got the team to perform. It's, it's going to take time, and I know that uh, we as fans are are impatient. And when you see your team at the at the bottom of the league standings, uh, it's or you know second to last. It's it's really disappointing. Um, I still think that this team has another gear. I just the I just worry that they're not going to shift into it soon enough, right? So. Uh, this is still a playoff team, right? I don't think that any of us thought this was a top one or top two team in the conference. Anyways, it's still a, it's still a playoff team. I think if, if Lucci can get a few th- things right um, and gets, you know, a couple more healthy players, you know, Jesus and some others uh, back, packed them back full time, uh, they can turn it. I think they can turn it around. Um, so now I'm not on the, I'm not on the Lucci out bandwagon uh, just because like I said, it's, uh, th- there's not like somebody in the wing who's going to come and take his place. So we've, we've just got to be patient as fans and watch, watch him grow. I mean, just like a lot of these uh, younger players. Yeah. I think there's a lot more patience with the ownership group than, than the us as fans have. Um, and I'm, I'm also not on Lucci out yet. And here's why. Um, 
this team, how there are plenty of new players on this team. Is it is a a lot of roster turnover, and it's it's not something that's going to just like what what I've come to realize <laughs> is that that's a bigger deal than we thought it was in the preseason. Whenever everything was just clicking against USL teams and B B sided MLS teams, um, and I I think. I think that the the start the slow start is shocking to to a lot of folks myself it included a little bit but I think that you're right that 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 there's not going to be like the the other options are pretty much somebody else from inside it's not going to be somebody some big name it's just not the, how the uh, the hunts operate operate um but that having been said I think I think that Lucci needs to feel the pressure. He needs to feel uncomfortable and not and not safe in in losing and safe with mediocrity because that's what gets you more mediocrity. <laughs> uh and that uncomfortableness it can provide it can either break you <laughs> or provide a drive to find the change that you need to make in order to make your team better. And that, that, that pressure is going to come from the fans. It's going to come from the media. It's going to come from uh, pretty much anybody but the hunts. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I think that that pressure needs to be there and it's a good thing. And we should, we should have high expectations of the coach of a professional sports team. Um do I am I ready to throw in the towel on on Lucci at this point? No. Yeah, me either. Maybe maybe we'll see a little bit of uh, some Peter Ramiz fire or something. I think we would like to. I'd like to see that just every once in a while from Lucci. You know, he's kind of the he's kind of Steam a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, he's the kind of guy I'd love to go out and have a beer with, right? Whatever. But the um, and maybe some of this comes from his academy background. He's he's used to be in the the nurturing family, you know, coach. Um, and you know, when you're working with a bunch of professionals, right, and you've gone through uh, a, a it's a short slump, but a slump like this, uh, sometimes you need to to fire things up, change things up too. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Lucci reacts. I do think that. Uh, from a team perspective, these next couple of matches are gonna gonna be huge, right? I think it's that uh, they can't afford to continue to to walk away with zero points or one points from uh, from matches. Yeah, and that kind of leads us into the next match. Uh, unless you know, I, I don't. I, I'm a positive guy. I'm an optimistic guy. Uh, do we want to? Were there any optim like any causes for optimism in that match, or was it pretty much bleh? Uh, I think that was Felipe's best match. So I think yeah. that even I think after that was, taking a cleat to the face or whatever. It, 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 <laughs> yep, uh, I think that you, you we saw a lot of his athleticism. I think he he played he played well, uh, and that uh, that goal I don't think was necessarily against him. It was just weird spacing, right? The bounce, you know, the ball falling off. Of Mar- I think it was Martinez's chest or something like that, um, mm-hmm. right to the to the opposing player's foot. I mean, there's wasn't a whole lot that uh, that he could have done. I think. Felipe was a was a positive spot. Um, I mean, Acosta continues. I mean, this is uh, you know five games in. I think he's probably been the 
the best player and most consistent player still on FC Dallas, which, uh, which, which is, which is great. So you're seeing at least one of your two DPs uh, starting to, to deliver. Uh, I, I think, I think I'm done with my, uh, oh, sorry, Ricarte and Ricarte. I think uh, Ricarte also had a, uh, had a really good match through the first uh, 70 minutes or whatever it was he was on. Yeah, my I, I would agree with Acosta there. That was my, one of my bright spots. Um, I think Lucci said that he Acosta had a really revelacious is that a word? <laughs> uh, off it season. is now. It is now. It's a Dustinism. Uh, had a had a kind of a, a I don't know come to Jesus over the over the off season. He's like I'm not satisfied with the way things have been going for me. I had injuries and. I want like I've got to be better, and we're going. I'm going to be better this season, uh, and it's true. He has. He's one of the. He's the con- most consistent player on the roster, I think, um, which is really good to see because I'm. You know the the meme of the ball in the stands, and that was the only thing he was known for. Uh, is, I was getting a little tired of it. Yeah, I still use it though. He, he's definitely gotten that part of his uh, his game under control. Um, and uh and he's really picked up especially on the defensive side and tracking back and stuff like that helping um so i mean there there were some some bright spots uh but you know fc dallas had to get that win uh they had to at least get get a point uh playing against a, a team that's uh you know probably at the same level of mediocrity as as they are right now uh, i think it and you know going in, I know that uh, Minnesota did pick up a win in middle of the week, so at least they weren't winless. Um, but they also were just coming off of a midweek game where FC Dallas had kind of a week in between in between to prepare. So uh, the the number of positives from that match are, are fairly limited, for sure. And and you mentioned upcoming matches being important. Let's go ahead and go through some of those. So next, I guess this coming Saturday. Real Salt Lake visits FC Dallas. Real Salt Lake is uh, two one and one. That's two wins, one draw, one loss. So uh, you know they're only one win ahead of FC Dallas, but they're in seventh, and FC Dallas is in next to last. Well, um, all time FC Dallas leads the series ten uh, with ten wins, six for RSL and eight draws. So this will be a this will be an important matchup. It, it, it'll be a real test. Probably, I would say probably one of the biggest tests they've had so far, um, at home at least for sure. Uh, and then after after Salt Lake, they head up to Colorado for a, a rematch of the opening day uh, draw. And so we'll hope things start turning around for SC Dallas. Yeah, but th- things are not going to get. You know, it's 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 not getting easier, right? I mean, the, no, the, no. The, the last couple of matches were probably. Um, it, where you would have expected they would pick up the points. So, uh, you know, RSL, at least that, that matches at home. RSL has been playing, has been, has been playing well, right? They've, you know, they're record wise, they're only slightly better than, than FC Dallas. I think they played a bit more consistently so far this year. Uh, so I think they're going to be, they're going to be a tough matchup for, uh, for FC Dallas. It's and and I, I think that, um, Lucci's going to have to make a lot of decisions, right? And so, uh, I mean, I don't know if he knows right now what his best formation is, um, or what his best chances are to, uh, to, to execute and get get goals, right? And so, I would I would not be surprised uh, to see you know 
a larger number of changes than usual coming in up to this match. At least, honestly, that's what I hope. Right? I, yeah. hope I hope that Ducci says, this is not good enough. I'm making changes. Yeah. Like that pressure he that we want him to feel, we want his the players to feel it too. Like nothing's – your spot is not guaranteed. You better play your tail end off. But then uh, just looking out a little bit further, there's only three matches in June. Uh, and then – then it then the uh, rubber meets the road. Then it is like one, two, three, four, five, six matches in July. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. Three, four, five, six matches in August. Like it is is crazy from here on out. So like they get that little bit of breath in June, and then uh, then it, no rest for the weary. Yeah, this is the time they got to get the, it figured out. Yeah, now. They've got, yeah, yeah. They've they've got it. They've got to figure it out. Lucci's got to determine you know how he can actually get some execution out of this club. Um, I know I, I, I did mention he's got to maybe make some changes that I guess the, the one thing that Lucci doesn't have, he really doesn't have a very deep bench. Right. And so when you start looking at, you know, experienced players uh, ready to come off the bench that are healthy, um, your, uh, your list is, is pretty, uh, pretty dang short for, for Lucci. And so I think that's, you know, that, that ties his hands, uh, a bit as well so uh but it's it's time right it's it's they, they've yeah. they've got to they've got to go in they've got to have a plan and i think lucci's got to have the team ready to execute on saturday night i'm really look i'm really interested i know that's probably not going to be this match but at least going forward with jesus ferreira coming back to healthy i really want to i'm just real curious what his role on the team and how how he can be used to maybe help uh, provide some some much needed offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that a two striker system is would be you know right up uh, his alley, right? I think that's that's exactly the way Hasey's would would play well. I think him and Hara or Pepe or whatever, right up top, um, and something similar to what we saw in, in Minnesota that that uh, uh, three five two. I mean, I think think that would be good. Um, I'd 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 be excited to see that. You buy a ticket to that match? I would buy a ticket to that match, uh, even though I'm a season ticket holder. So I guess I already did. <laughs> um, the uh, so I I mean, we're still probably. I mean, I saw him in practice doing sideline stuff. So he's not even he's not even practicing with the team. So he's he's at least three weeks out from minutes. Uh, so it's it's probably not going to be until. You know, into June, right? Getting late in the get late in June before we even see a chance for Jesus to to start. Um, yep. And then the one, the, the one, the one kind of forgotten guy, and I don't, I don't know when it happens, when it's going to happen, but Cervania uh, should be back soon too. Um, I don't, I don't think I saw him in practice. He wasn't on the bench, so I don't know when he comes back. I think that the, I think their season uh, was over for Bundesliga. I think so. Austrian Bundesliga. Uh, Austrian Bundesliga, yeah. But I, I think their season's over, so um, he should be heading back to to Frisco's sometime soon. And I think that would give him give Lucci at least one more um, young, but at least semi experienced player off the bench. Yeah, um, no, I completely forgot about him. And there's and that had... there's that Thomas Roberts guy who, for some reason, continues to not even make the eighteen. So that's uh, I think that's for a different pod, Jonathan. Uh, I have thoughts on that, but I think that it will require more beer and more pod uh, than we have tonight. So, all right. Well, I think that'll about wrap a, uh, a bow around it. Um, and 
we will we'll see what happens on Saturday, 7 p.m. the 22nd against Real Salt Lake in Frisco. So uh, get your tickets or check it out on TXA 21 or ESPN Plus. Um, as for us, we are the Dallas Soccer Show. We're at DallasSoccerShow.com. We're a uh, I guess a partner with um, or a member of the, the the Striker Texas. So you can also see all of our stuff at thestrikertexas.com plus a lot of other cool articles. John Arnold doing some great FC Dallas work over there uh, and the rest of the team covering t- soccer around the state. So they get a free plug uh, on our pod. Uh, oh, oh, Twitter. You can also find us on Twitter. We do Twitter. Uh, it's at Dallas Soccer Show. Uh, imagine that. So for Jonathan Ross, I'm Dustin Nation. Uh, thanks for listening.